Welcome to The Kim Doyle Show. I'm your host, Kim Doyle, and I am super excited to have you with us today. This podcast isn't just about digital marketing. It's about creating a business and a life you love on your terms. I'm here to explore how you can harness the power of email marketing, newsletters, content marketing, and even artificial intelligence to create value and serve your audience in a meaningful way. And remember, this is all about you. This journey is all about finding fun, effective, and enjoyable ways to engage with your audience, build your brand, and grow your business. On this show, you'll hear from me in solo episodes where I'll share my experiences and insights, as well as conversations with successful entrepreneurs and creators who have mastered the art of digital marketing in unique ways. We'll share their stories, strategies, and case studies to inspire and educate you on your own journey. So... Are you ready to turn digital marketing into a fun journey that brings real results to your business and life? Let's do this together. Welcome to the Kim Doyle Show. Well, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Kim Doyle Show. I, of course, am your host, Kim Doyle, and I have a ton to cover with you guys today. But I think first and foremost, what's most important to know is that I'm doing this in one take, i.e. Kim double-checked. The mic. If you guys have not heard this, the last two episodes, you know, I raised my desk. My energy is better when I'm standing, and I got all uh, nutty a couple months ago about cord management. So I tightened everything up. Well, when I raised the desk, it pulled the cord from my mic and pulled it out. So we're dialed in, we're connected, and all is good here. I have double checked. I should do it again. Yep, yep. We're double checking. Uh, Audio is working, video is working, all is well. I will tell you on a side note, um, whew, I've got my handy dandy water, which I always do. Um, I actually have a Coke with me today. I don't know you guys, Coke is like magical. I'm not a big soda drinker. I mean, pretty rare actually. Um, but sometimes when I have a headache or I feel like I might be getting a migraine or my stomach's a little bit off, there's something in Coke, Coca-Cola. It can't be Diet Coke. It can't be Pepsi, just Coke. So Bear with me because I am enjoying all kinds of sugary goodness while I record this. Let's hope I don't need to belch. That would be horrible. Anyways, (laughs) welcome to my brain, you guys. Um, It is a gray and dismal day here in Northern California, which is so crazy because I was literally in the pool Saturday afternoon. Uh, That is totally my happy place. I can go out and I just float and I read and I got my hat, my sunglasses, my sunscreen and all the things. And there's something about the quiet and the water that it's almost like a meditation. And I'm just reading novels most of the time, but it's like a meditation and it just brings my energy really, you know, down to this great place. Not to mention I had a call this morning with my mentor um, and I'm all kinds of fired up. So Your girl's got some momentum going, and I'm going to take the ball and run with it. So, today's episode, we're going to talk about something that I think I'm going to get a little bit more into this type of content, because I feel this is the foundation. This is the foundation. This is the core. And of course, I like doing strategies and tactics and actual marketing, but this is a little bit more mindset and um, internal strength and grounding and focus. Okay. So today's episode is all about intuition in action and trusting yourself in business. All right. We do have a lot to cover. This is a a meaty episode. Um, 
And uh, let's let's just jump into it, shall we? There's not a whole lot to, to, to bring you guys up to speed with. There might be next week, going out of town this week, help my sister move my niece into college. And um, yeah, so we'll see where next week goes. But we're going to start with trusting yourself in business. And I kind of, well, I'm not going to explain how we're going to go. We're going to just jump into it, shall we? All right. So I don't know about you, but trusting yourself in business feels like it should be easy. It feels like, well, it's your business. You're doing what you want to do. It should just be automatic. And here's the other thing. There's probably going to be a lot of off script and stories that support this episode today that are not included in the show notes. Um, And I'm sharing these from a place of having felt that myself. So there are a lot of people that I'll tell you, I don't get distracted. I don't get pulled in other directions. I don't have those thoughts or I'm focused or I don't care about that. You know, none of us are free from those thoughts and ideas. It's simply what we choose to do with them. And there are times where you may feel pulled in one direction as opposed to the focus that you've committed to doing, right? And you guys, I'm going to just show you this. So this again, this little journal, I am a journaler, but I'm going to pull up a page that's done here. I don't know if you can see, let me, yeah, well, I'm assuming you can see this. I am looking at my post, not the camera, but this is the simple stuff that I do every day. It's literally, I have a mantra that I write in the morning. I rewrite the three things I'm going to do for the day because I do it the night before. And then every day, three things I'm grateful for, three wins for the today, for the today, three wins today. I do this at the end of the day. And then I pick the three things I'm going to accomplish the next day. And there are days where I'll do other journaling or I'll be listening to something and I'm taking notes as I'm doing it. But that has kept me really in alignment with my focus. And so that is helping me not get pulled off in distractions or pulled away from my primary focus. Sorry, guys. I don't know. All of a sudden, <laughs> I can't wait to look on video. My ears got plugged up. Um, anyways, again, Trusting yourself in your business feels like it should be easy, right? After all, you started your business because you wanted to do something different outside of the norm. You knew there was something else you were supposed to do with your life. Or maybe you started your business because you needed to. Maybe you were let go from a job or you couldn't find a job that justified the cost of daycare, a commute, you know, whatever would be required of you on that end. Not to mention, you guys, (laughs) I think about this and I'm like, Uh, you know, I'm in Northern California. I grew up in the Bay area and I think the Bay bridge, seven or $8 a day to cross that bridge. Um, the golden gate is over 10, you know, so it's like you start adding up the costs and you better be able to come out ahead of any expenses that are incurred from having a job. Right. Um, and you know, or here's another one that I think a lot of us are witnessing for other people, maybe you felt it for yourself, or maybe at one point you did, but you know, you knew that if you didn't start something for yourself, your mental health and the quality of your life would continue to decline. And I think that is extremely prevalent in the United States. You know, my two years in Costa Rica, which you guys, I'm going back in October. I'm already planning another trip in January. I told you my goal. No, I didn't tell you a goal. We're going to leave that. That's a big goal I have for myself. But um, I do want to go back and forth for the time being. And um, there's something about the energy there where life just 
you know, it's just, you can't see this if you're listening by audio, but I'm pushing down. It's like, there's just this ease and, and energy is slower there. Right. And so if you're somebody that thrives off the go, 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 might not be for you. And I don't know that it would have been for me 20 years ago, but my reasons for starting my business were sort of a combination of all of the above. I'd been working full-time in retail management most of my adult life, and after losing my husband in a car accident at 32, with a six-year-old and a two-year-old at home, I knew something needed to change. And prior to the, the job I had when my husband passed away, which I loved, um, I, was, it was a, I was a training manager, I was traveling for the company, but I also knew I could not be gone 60 hours a week because after having opened and ran a store successfully, they asked me to open another one that I went from a five minute commute to an hour commute each way. And again, prior to that job, I had tried a handful of entrepreneurial things, Um, but it wasn't until I discovered what people were starting to do online, which was I first discovered this at an event. In 2006, it was called the Wealth Expo, and I've talked about this before. The keynotes were Tony Robbins, Robert Kiyosaki, and yes, Donald Trump. We'll leave that alone. But I'd gone with a friend, and you know, they do um, offshoots like sessions, and you can go to breakout sessions, I guess they're called, you know, in different training. There was an internet marketing one, and I was just like, what? What is going on with this space, right? And, um, but I knew when I when I discovered it that this was it. And when I tell you guys that I was not technical, I had no idea how to insert a hyperlink into an email or attach something to an email. Truly, right? And then somebody decides she's going to be the WordPress chick. Um, but that's called tenaciousness and desire. I will tell you that much. Um, I really didn't know what it was going to look like, but something lit up in me and grabbed a hold of me. So in terms of time frame, I want to share a little bit of this backstory with you. And that is I lost my husband in 2003. I cannot believe it has been over 20 years. Um, and I started my business in 2008. So the five years in between were truly some of the hardest years of my life. And it's too long to go into here. Uh, we'll save that for another podcast episode. I'm actually thinking, ooh, putting this out there publicly, but I'm thinking about doing an episode of the founder's story I have never shared some behind the scenes, um, very dark. It's going to be heavy, but I promise I'm going to leave you feeling better. Um, but yeah, I've been thinking about, about doing that episode about stuff that happened well before, um, I started my business, but you know, those five years were hard. And if I could go back and tell myself anything during that time, it would be to be gentle with myself because on top of grieving, God, you guys, I was in massive judgment of myself all the damn time. My therapist used to say to me that I would get myself coming and going. Like, it didn't matter. I was never doing enough. It wasn't good enough. I, you know, I I never said no to anybody or anything. Like, here's the deal, you guys. Opening that second store for the company I was with, there was nothing in me that wanted to do that. Now, mind you, they asked me to do it a year after my husband died, knowing I had two little kids at home because it worked for them i.e. welcome to corporate America. And, you know, to the point where three months, was it even three months? Yeah, I think three months after we had opened that store or from the time I'd started opening it to the grand opening and all that, um, my therapist was like, you need to take a leave of absence. You need to take time off. You're depressed. Like I was incredibly angry at the world. And so, you know, 
I, I just felt like I couldn't win no matter what I did. Learning to listen to our own intuition and trusting ourselves are incredible gifts that you give to yourself if you're willing to do the work. And, you know, I'm not here to tell anybody what to do. What I'd like to do is help guide you to find what works for you. I therapy never in a million years prior to lose my husband that I ever think I'd need a therapist. I went to her for grief counseling. She saved my life is my mentor. And I have been able to I have such a desire to learn and grow and evolve for myself, regardless of what it looks like to the rest of the world. That fuels me. The idea that we can think differently, which can shift our behaviors, which can then change our lives, blew me away when I initially started understanding these concepts. All right. So I want, that's a little bit about trusting ourselves, right? We're going to go deeper into this <laughs> and I better just stay focused because this is a meaty post, but I want to talk about intuition and action. And I would say, you know, up until about 12 years ago, I don't think I ever would have considered myself intuitive. In fact, I was probably a little judgmental about that word and associated with people who were a little out there or maybe, you know, lightly tethered to the earth. You guys, the judgment, it's hysterical. When I listen back or I think back to the judgments I had, which is funny because I'm essentially judging my previous self for having those thoughts. Um, but, you know, we, we don't know what we don't know. And when you realize that you can move through the world in a gentler, softer manner, at least for me, oh, God, it was like a massive weight off my shoulders. And there was so much relief. And regardless of how you define intuition or your perception of it, we are all intuitive. I mean, stop to think about you, about you guys. How many times have, I mean, and this is, I don't know if you would call this deja vu or whatnot, but I believe everything is energy. How many times have you been thinking about somebody and they call or you're thinking something? And I do this a lot with my therapist where like she'll be giving me an example of something. And literally this happened like a month ago. She was telling me about a scene from Indiana Jones and I'm like, get the F out of here. Literally said that to her. Um, I said, I was literally thinking of that exact scene about taking a leap of faith. And so, you know, we all have those niggly feelings in us and not to be a Debbie Downer, but how many times as a female, have you been walking somewhere and felt you just have that um, instinctive it's not fear, but that your instincts pop up and you're thinking, get to your car quicker or walk with somebody or do this, you know, and here, here's a great example. Um, and I won't go sideways, I promise, but for too long anyways, um, when I was in Costa Rica, my, my place was in a locked building. And so I, if I went out to Price Mart, which was like a little Costco and Walmart or whatever, all an hour away, like I'd get a bunch because I was out there. And so you know, I'd pull up, open the gate, and I'd have all the, these trips. And then there was an elevator, thank God, because I was on the third floor. Well, across the street from my building, there was another building, and there was always security there. I didn't know these guys, but I happened to come back, and then one of the security guys was there, and he's like, oh, can I help you? And I was like, oh, thanks. And and I, it, it just, it surprised me. But as a female, my instinct was, no, you cannot come up into my apartment. I've got this. Thank you. He helped me carry something from my to my car from my car to the elevator, and I was like, "Thanks, I've got it, I've got it," because for whatever reason, there was something in me that said, "No, 
obviously. I mean, there's, you know, street smarts and safety and all of that, but we all have those intuitive nudges. And for the sake of this episode, let's really try and focus on business, Kimberly. Um, Here's the thing, though. We just haven't learned to tap into our intuition or trust ourselves with it enough in business. And it's weird. Like, think about if you're a parent, how many times you just have that feeling and you you instinctively reach out to protect your child or stop them from doing something. Or, you know, you've probably seen videos of, you know, a baby goes to roll off a couch and the father's laying there sleeping and he just automatically rolls over and grabs the baby. So we all have those instincts within us. I, I think we don't apply them enough to business because probably, I don't know about you, but for the most part, until I learn to get quiet and take time to be still with my thoughts, to take space away from the work, from the tasks, until I learned to start quieting my mind and stepping away from the day-to-day, was I able to hear it. So a simpler, maybe more acceptable way to talk about intuition or um, or you know, learning. Let's, let's try this again because that sentence was all over the place. A simpler, maybe more acceptable way to talk about intuition is learning to trust your gut. So I'm going to try to do something This might be interesting, but I'm going to try to mesh the tangible with the intangible here, if you will. So in order to grow and scale a successful business, I truly believe you need both. The intangible, i.e. mindset, focus, energy, all those internal things that drive us with the tasks at hand. And so I'm on a mission also to bring more of this language and discussion into the marketing place because I heard for years, mindset, 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 but it's like, what does that mean? Because you can't think yourself into a different state. You can feel yourself into a different state, right? You can, you can focus on what can I do to shift my energy? So here's a little example in this, you know, whatever, last Saturday uh, when it was sunny, it is hard to believe I was in the pool two days ago, but there was all this cardboard side of my dad's house from the pool and the different ladders you were and all this kind of stuff. And I thought, God, my back felt a little bit stiff. Um, I had been down at my sister's and slept in her guest bed for a few days. And and I have a great mattress, but I was like, I don't know what's going on with my body. Whatever. Welcome to 53. And so I'm like, I need to move. I need to physically get up and go do something. And so I changed my state, though, from feeling like maybe on the brink of I could go take a nap to let me go physically move, get some energy going. My body felt better. I wasn't in a bad mood, but it lifted my energy. And so, you know, it's really, really important that you find a process, a system, a belief system, a way of moving through your day and running your business that supports this. All right. So here's a great example. Okay. From the first year that I was in business, there was this internet marketer who I discovered prior to starting my business. I'd been listening to a CD set by Mark Victor Hansen. He is one of the co-authors of Chicken Soup for the Soul and uh, that whole book series. It's about becoming a speaker. And I think it was build your mega speaking empire because surprise, surprise, I wanted to be a speaker. I would still love to speak at events, but you know, like my, my freedom, my quiet time is almost more important to me now. Plus I can do it digitally anyway. um, And I was also, I really, really wanted to be a motivational speech speaker when I started college. But anyway, it was all about becoming a speaker and this internet marketer had a session because it was all CDs from a live event that they chopped up and, you know, sold this big CD set 
it was one of those, I'm dating myself, but you know, those big plastic like binder type things reopen and there was just like, I don't know, 20 CDs or something ridiculous. So this internet marketer was talking about how he was making money with the internet or on the internet with niche sites, affiliate marketing and teaching. You know, I didn't understand half of what he was saying but I was fascinated, like pay-per-click and keywords and meta tags. I was like, what? What? Now, remember, this was pre-2008. And not understanding, it still was one of those things that grabbed a hold of me. So when I finally made the leap into starting my business in 2008, I sought out this marketer and I signed up for his coaching. Let's see. I was trying to think. It's, I think it was 5000 And this was the most I had ever spent on anything like that. I remember the first year I was in business, I invested 5,000 in this coach. And then I think I spent $1,800 on a social media course, which was when I initially signed up for Facebook and Twitter. And I was, I, I committed, man, you guys, I showed up for all of those things. Um, but here's the thing. So part of his coaching was to come to his house for a private retreat with a few other coaching clients at the time. So it wasn't just me. And I had a friend that came with me, which Oh my God, God, my ears, you guys cannot for the life of me pop my ear. Um, sorry, <laughs> little time out for the ear issue there. But uh, by the time I went to this retreat, I had been in business for over a year and I was building my first brand, which was the WordPress chick. Oh, I know the story I was going to tell you before I tried to pop my ear there. Ever miss a flight? Oh my God. It was one of those. There was so much turbulence coming down into DC. This was on the East Coast. Coming down to DC, I was like, I have to go get a Coke. See, I've been doing this a long time and something to eat. Well, we missed our connecting flight. So we had to rent a car and drive four hours. But, you know, we were close. So I guess it worked out. Anyways, the coach that I was working with had been building websites with front page. And that was what he recommended. And nothing in me wanted to learn front page or HTML. And despite him telling me that WordPress wasn't anything I should pursue, I trusted my gut. I absolutely knew WordPress was worth it. I knew it would only continue to grow and it was where I was going to plant my flag. And I did for 10 friggin' years. And it worked out if I do say so myself. Now, here's the thing. I could have very easily been like, well, I don't know. He's making all this money. He was making money as a reseller for a shopping cart. So that's where the bulk of his income came in because it was one of the first shopping carts, which I'm going to look it up. It's probably still around. Um, but something in me, right? My intuition told me that regardless of his financial success, this piece of advice wasn't worth listening to. And I'm not here to throw shade or throw this person under the bus, but I'll also tell you this. When there are things that you are going to have beliefs about, and so, let me just give you the this way. So this, this person um, had a big house, but it was kind of falling apart to be honest with you, <laughs> you know, like my friend and I shared this room and it was like, there was, oh, granite counters in the bathroom. They were coming away from the wall. And then his office where we had the coaching working sessions, it was like at a bad scene out of an old movie with just piles and stacks of paper and disorganization. And I was like, I don't know if you're somebody I want to emulate <laughs> now. My point with that is it didn't resonate with me. I'm a little bit nutty. I'm pretty clean. I'm kind of a minimalist. 
like the most I'll have on my desk at any time is a journal, a pen, and a beverage, right? And then I have two little cups. One has my colored pens and one has like scissors and an, a regular writing pen and stuff. But that's kind of it. I don't like stuff all over my desk. Um, I keep, anyways, that is not indicative of a, of a person's personality, of a person's ability to succeed. I don't buy into all of those absolutes, but seeing this person, I was investing a lot of money. I think five grand for coaching is a good investment today, you know, let alone 15 years ago. And it didn't resonate with me. And I can tell you that had I seen some of that beforehand, I may have thought twice about it. But anyway, he was also of the mindset that you should pick a niche where there was interest and build a business around that. So he made me initially one of our first calls, come up with 10 things that you can create content around or whatever. My brother has always been in the pet industry, has had these incredible saltwater aquariums and all this stuff. So he tells me that's what I should go do. I should build a website, talk about saltwater fish and aquariums and make DVDs and sell them. (laughs) You know, I won't go sideways with mansplaining or not listening, but there was nothing in me that had any interest in that, right? I knew there was no way that I could build a business that wasn't based on something I loved and was passionate about. This is probably one of the biggest differentiators I see between men and women in business. I've seen many men thrive simply because they love the game of business. Most women I know, and you guys pre-qualify, I know these are generalizations, okay? But most women I know build a business around something they enjoy and they grow into loving the game of business. Or maybe they don't because of what it affords them in their life. Time, freedom, quality of life, and income, right? And I also know there are plenty of men who pick a passion and build from there. My experience, though, is that women tend to focus more on, I love this thing. Can I actually make a living with it? Men tend to I want to make a living. Can I do that with something I like, if that makes sense? And again, you guys, I know they're generalizations. I mean, take a look at Cody Sanchez. Um, She is contrarian thinking and she's all about buying boring businesses and she loves a good deal. She she clearly loves the game of business and, and helping people create a phenomenal life for themselves with a boring business or not. Um, and then to scale and grow. And there are a lot of people who believe in doing internet marketing, who is um, Amanda Bond, who is amazing. Follow her on Facebook. She's the ad strategist. But she's killed it with Facebook ads. She's got coaching clients. Well, I don't know if she's coaching courses. But she is very um, transparent about the fact that her internet business affords her the ability to invest in flipping property. You know, So whatever your means to your ends are, let them be yours. Okay. Um, I also think a lot of this shifts as we age. I found a quote the other day by Drew Barrymore and I shared it with my sister because she has a friend who is 48 and is really struggling with aging as she gets closer. And you guys, she looks phenomenal. She is darling personality wise too. Just one of the, she's an incredible woman. But she's really struggling with this. And it was funny because at my, I think I shared it in an email, but she came to my niece's graduation in June because these, my sister and her friend have been friends since like, I don't know, first, second grade or something. But 
So she came to my niece's graduation and she was talking about, because we were talking about my sister will be 50 this year and about turning 50. And I'm like, I love it. She's like, really? I'm all, I absolutely love who I've, who I've, of <laughs> Jesus Louise, who I, I love who I've become. I love how I feel about my life and myself and what I'm capable of and what I want to do with the rest of my life. Um, you, you truly give a whole lot less energy to what other people think. Anyways, here's the quote. I thought it was beautiful. Gravity and wrinkles are fine with me. There's a small price to pay for the new wisdom inside my head and my heart. Did I say that was Drew Barrymore? Yeah, that was actually a Drew Barrymore quote. And uh, to that, I say preach, sister. The other piece that is vitally important when it comes to using your intuition in business is that it's going to require courage and faith. You need to have the courage to do the things that are uncomfortable and faith in yourself that you know what's best for you and faith that no matter how it goes, you're going to keep going. You're going to pick yourself up and keep going. Here are some specific examples of courage in business, and these might come across as tasks. So I've got a list, a little listicle here, but I'm going to do some side notes, of course. All right. So first one, creating content. Yes, it takes courage to create content. My first post that I've talked about so many times on the WordPress chick sounds robotic. I had always considered myself a decent writer. I could do well in school. But I was like, what the, what is this garbage? But it takes courage to show up and create content, regardless of what type of content you're creating, if that is not a natural inclination for you, okay? And that doesn't mean it can't be developed. Writing emails, learning to copyright. Oh, for the longest time, I had a friend, and I will tell you, when the student is ready, the teacher appears, because... You can hear the same message from two different people. One, you're going to tune them out and one, it's going to resonate with you. So just because somebody teaching or talking about something doesn't resonate with you does not mean you should or shouldn't deploy, implement, test, or try that. Um, Using marketing language. God forbid we sell, right? I'm tired of the sell without selling. I mean, that is a, a sales pitch in and of itself, right? So there's the hook is that I'm going to teach you how to sell, but you don't have to sell. So it's in and of itself its own hook. But we are in business, folks. We need to sell. This is one takeaway, and I'm going to talk about Alex Hermosi a bit. Nobody can buy your stuff if you don't know it's for sale. I am guilty as charged with that. Okay. Um, Recording yourself, audio or video, and publishing it for other people. You know, uh, raising your prices takes courage. And you have to have that courage and faith to say, you know what? My my 90 minute sessions used to be 297, now they're 397. Doesn't work. I get it. Come back when it does. That's it, you guys. That's it. I want you to start looking at other areas where you don't negotiate or question price. You may not want to or choose to spend the money on that. But, you know, great example. <laughs> Although I should I shouldn't say this. There's some things I'm like I'm going to spend a hundred bucks on that. And I'm like, 90 minute massage, I will spend more than that as often as I possibly can, right? It's what we value. But you have to value yourself and you have to choose to raise your prices. Saying no. Oh, I, oh, I turned my phone off. 
there was a great um, social post that I take a lot of. I don't know about you guys. How many how many photos in your phone or screenshots of stuff that you've found on the web and you're browsing, scrolling, trolling, whatever? But it was um, a woman's response to being asked to do something, and she said, "Thank you so much for thinking of me, but I'm going to have to say no. My plate is as full as I'd like it to be." And I was like, "That is a beautiful way of saying no." Um, asking for the sale. You guys, it takes courage to ask for the sale. You have to put it in front of people. And you know, a dear friend of mine who does project management for an agency, she's like, girl, people need to see stuff four or five times before they're ready to purchase most of the time. Not jumping on or into something that doesn't feel right for you, i.e. clubhouse or threads. And I hope people that did both had great success. Threads, we'll see what happens with it. I think clubhouse still exists. I don't know. For myself at the time, I literally was like, I cannot do one more thing. (laughs) There is not one more space or place that I want to put my time and energy into for free on these social platforms. I would rather get better at the ones where I've got connections and audience, period. And it's just, you know, I don't know about you guys, there's a a definite sameness. What did I read today? I I think I read that TikTok is going to try and compete with Spotify and Apple Music, I was like, oh boy, eventually they're all just going to do everything and you just are going to pick the place you want to be. Let's see where we at. Okay. Not judging people for doing what works for them. So flip this, right? Like Clubhouse and Threads, I don't need to make anybody else wrong who did those or who wanted to experiment, who wanted to test it. My only responsibility was for me to stay in my lane at the time, right? It was for me to say, okay, pulling my socks off. I can't wait to do this video looks like. Welcome to live. That's not live podcasting, but video recording with Kim. Um, but threads, I remember receiving an email and this guy was like, I got this many subscribers because I took this Twitter thread and I put it here and I put a call to action in it. And I was like, should I be doing that? I'm like, no, no, no. Sit on your hands. Just do what you got to do. You are not doing that. So you have to be that firm parent with yourself at times. Um, So just because somebody else is doing something, gain the strength and courage and confidence in yourself to let them be them. You don't need to make them wrong for doing something that you would never in a million years do or decide to try. Investing in yourself takes courage. Coaching, courses, programs, books, you'll know what it is. I was talking to my therapist. I just call her my mentor, but we had a call this morning. I saw her last week. And talking about stepping into a whole new level for me in business. And sometimes she's kind of like a rudder for me. And it's like, I want to just keep the momentum going. And she helps me claim things that I want to create in my life. And, you know, I think about how much I've invested with her over the years. And we're having this conversation about the tangible versus the intangible, which I talked about. And she's pointed out so many times to me, Kim, you've been paying me for intangible for 20 years because I found her when I lost my husband. And it has changed my life, right? So whether you, you know, and I I will never say no. I believe this, um, Ramit Sethi is a big believer in this too. I don't withhold books for myself. I have more (laughs) than I can read. I listen to audio. Oftentimes I'll get the physical, the digital, and the Kindle. Physical. Kindle and audio is what I meant because I want to keep it going. And it, it, so it just depends. Like I tend to only buy physical uh, nonfiction books that I want to treat more like a workbook and I can write in. But 
it takes courage to invest in yourself. And I'm not here to be, I just don't buy the, well, if you wanted it bad enough, you'd find the money. If you want it bad enough, you'll do what it takes to get to the point where you can afford it and it feels right in your body for you, right? There's always going to be a little bit of risk involved. There's always, um, it's important to have skin in the game, I should say, because if you don't have skin in the game, it's like, eh, you know, like, we'll see, you know, and I'm going to talk about Alex in a minute, like I said, but he gave away all these free courses and incredible value, but only if you do the work. And lastly, it takes courage to ignore the haters because there will always be haters. And we're going to talk about that with Alex also. You know, at first glance, this list might look like a list of to-dos that are required for creating and growing an online business, but it's just not that simple. We all bring our own stories, experiences, and beliefs to everything we do. I'll tell you, it took a long time for me to invest in another coach after that first experience because I want something. I don't believe in a one size fits all. I think there are strategies that work. Does paid traffic work? Yes. You have to do it in a way that works for you and your audience. And there's data. You can measure and fix those things. But when it comes to working with individuals, anybody who approaches this from this cookie cutter one size fits all, you know, unless you're teaching something extremely tactical, you are dealing with people. So you can't leave something out that maybe was traumatic for you or that you had a, a win. I'll tell you, you know, besides the fact that I've had great experience with Facebook ads with the first planner, my first experience with Facebook ads is I ran an ad for $80 to a paid strategy session and I ended up doing 10,000 in coaching. Was I sold on ads? Yeah. <laughs> Did I double down? No, because whatever, I'm a slow learner. But, um, you know, Here's an example. What if you're one of the 40% of the people that has a fear of public speaking, but you'd really like to try your hand at podcasting and video? It's going to take courage for you to show up and do it. Or think back to when you're in school, right? Did you have a teacher or someone you trusted tell you that you couldn't really write well or for whatever reason, not or, and for whatever reason, that has stayed with you. You know, my dad had a, my dad went to parochial school. He's 79. And for the longest time, he had nuns in school tell him just to mouth the words when they were singing as a child in elementary school. Okay. I know that it was, you know, what, early 1950s, but what the hell? And then he marries my mom who was a music major and sang and played piano and flute. And she's like, sing, right? If you're going to sing in church, go for it, whatever you want to do. So, but you see how those little things all of our experiences contribute to who we are and how we move through the world. It's up to you with what you want to do with it. But the trick is having the patience to allow yourself to go at your own pace and not borrow trouble that it's not happening fast enough. You know, I realized in talking with my therapist this morning, I was talking about just, I have so many amazing things that I'm excited about right now. And the best, most delicious, juicy part of it all is that I'm not in a rush. I'm enjoying every day. I'm enjoying doing the work. Like I'm not in a rush to 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 put something out. I, I'm just, I'm trusting. And she said, because you know what's going to happen, Kim. So you have that faith in yourself. And this has come from a lot of time and energy and effort on my part because of how I want to be in this lifetime, who I want to be and how I want to move through the world. All right. We're going to come back to trusting yourself in business, okay? And the single best thing you can do for yourself in your business is to tune out the noise, which can be incredibly hard at times because 
the internet's noisy. It's loud. It's noisy. It can be negative. It can be inspiring. It all depends on where you put your time and attention. And I highly, highly recommend you take some time to curate your feeds. You get fed stuff based on what you watch and listen to and read. So make sure that you pick things that help you move forward and not drag you down, right? Okay, here's what I mean. So let's say you've committed to doing something a certain way, or you're only going to use the platforms that resonate with you. And then something pops up that flips on the FOMO switch and you doubt yourself and you start thinking, well, maybe I could try it again, or I should stick with what was working. Do you know how many people are like killing it on LinkedIn and they're getting all this traffic? I'm like, that platform drives me nuts. Every time I'm on there or every time I engage, and I will say this, I'm not actively sharing but I feel like all I get are spammy DMs. And can I send you this? And do you want to talk about this? Or I'm asking you this because it's, yeah, it makes me cuckoo. So I'll push content there and I'll respond, but I don't see myself ever putting energy there. Here's another example. Uh, You know, I had, well, I guess I still have it, a Facebook group of over 11,000 people. This was content creators. And I started this in late 2018. 2017, maybe. I don't know. Whatever. (laughs) I guess I could look it up. But it took a long time for me to pull the trigger and archive the group because get this, you guys, Facebook is friggin' ridiculous. You can't just delete a group. You have to go and remove every single person one at a time. You can't like what? I mean, trust me, I've got people that do social media. I've got people, friends. I know friends that do social media for a living. And they're like, no, you have to archive the whatever. But I kept thinking, oh, there was that FOMO of I've got 11,000 people and I should do something with this group. And I was really active in it when I first started before we launched the first planner and whatnot. And then it just, I I didn't want to do it. You know, there's nothing in me that wants to run or manage a free Facebook group. And owning that felt really good. Even after I'd had people helping me or people who offered to help, I was like, no, I just, I need to put this to bed. And I did it instantly when I made the decision finally. And I waffled for a while because the thing is, there's no way I could let somebody else manage it and still attach my name to it. That didn't feel like I was in integrity. And it also felt like I still have to check in. I'm still going to, I'm still going to have to be in there. And the truth is I'm moving away from teaching so much about content marketing. All right. So here's a a bigger example. Now we're going to start talking about Alex. So (laughs) This is another example of learning to tune out the noise. And this was based on the recent launch of Alex Hermosi's book launch, recent launch of his book launch. How do you like that? His recent launch of his book for $100 million leads, which is his latest book. Uh, This happened a few days ago at the time of this recording. He launched it. There was a big launch webinar live party on August 19th of 2023. So if you're listening to this much further in the future, this might be old news. Here's the gist of what this is and why I'm using it as an example to tune out the noise. I think I'm going to need a beverage. Hold on. All right. I'm going to try and do the cliff notes, too long, don't read version. If you're unfamiliar with Alex Hermosi, he's built a $100 million a year company. I may be off on the exact figure here. It's a holding company with like seven or eight other businesses. It's called acquisition.com. So he helps people who are earning over a million dollars a year scale their businesses. It used to be over three million, but he's brought it down to a million. He started his own business selling a system called Gym Launch. He had owned gyms and he learned through his own. He was, he's, I saw somebody refer to him as a hardcore closer. He is a salesperson, true and true. And so he had had his own gyms and he realized that he could fill a gym 
And he's got all these stories about failing, succeeding, having to really, you know, be short $150,000 to pay salespeople. And he goes and he makes it happen. So there's plenty of content about Alex's story. Um, Excuse me, but he kept scaling from there. His first book, $100 million offers came out in 2021. He started showing up everywhere by producing massive amounts of content. And I mean, when I say everywhere, you guys, I mean everywhere. I don't know that there's a platform he wasn't pushing it on. Podcast, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of it, right? He's there. And so then to the point where his shorts became known as Hormozy style videos with a specific text overlay. And now a lot of people do it, whatever. Anyway, so I loved the first book and I was looking forward to this book coming out because the bottom, we all need more leads. And you have to find what works for you. I have said publicly a handful of times now that I'm committed to mastering Facebook and Instagrams as Instagrams, Facebook and Instagram ads this year. You can tell I start tripping over my words. It's a good thing we're winding down. Um, and then adding YouTube. It might be in six months that I add YouTube, but I'm going to figure this out. That's a whole other conversation. But so I love the first book, right? And I was looking forward to, to this book coming out. So it was probably one of the biggest webinars. I think over 200,000 people registered. He did this typical what's called a webinar stack with an offer. It's part of Russell Brunson's teachings for his perfect webinar. And then the value of everything he offered was over 12,000. And so this is, again, something Russell teaches through the perfect webinar, and it's called the stack. And so anybody who's followed, because Hermosi actually... Uh, was part of Russell's masterminds for a long time. So he's learned from him. Russell's a great marketer. I, you know, neither here nor there. So he's, he's doing this whole pitch thing and he's doing, well, this is a 997 value and this is this. And so then he adds it, he stacks it. It's all over 12,000. Guess how much it's going to cost? First, he brings up 4997. He's like, no, I'm not going to charge that. 2997. No, I'm not going to charge that. And then he gave it away for free. He gave all these trainings away for free. And there's a lot of content to go through. And he had so much fun with that. Part of his mission, he and his wife, is to make business education free and accessible to as many people as they can. Right? So here's here's where everything gets noisy. Um, I did attend the webinar and I found a value. It was Saturday morning, nine o'clock. I'm having a coffee watching this, you know, cleaning up emails. No big deal. And I bought one book. The only thing he had for sale was his book. But if you bought three or more copies, you could also get a baseball hat with his company name, which he was very clear. You can't buy this anywhere else. And it's just acquisition.com, right? I don't wear baseball hats. And frankly, (laughs) I'm not going to spend more money so that I can advertise someone else's company. And again, it's swag, you guys. And don't get me wrong. Like there's plenty of things like, you know, I have name brand tennis shoes or maybe although Costa Rica wrecked me for a lot of that stuff. Every now and then I'll buy a nice Kate Spade bag or something, right? But that's the extent. I'm way more of experiences and stuff. But, and remember, this podcast is a judgment-free zone. I'm just telling you what's not my jam. Um, But yeah, I was like, no, I just, I want this information for me and to deploy and implement as I see fit. So during the 90 minute webinar, I had the chat closed. I tend to always keep chats closed unless it's specific to me or something. And I don't mean specific to me, but if I'm engaging with somebody specifically, then obviously I'll keep it open. But um, 
I guess they're also very distracting watching the chat and especially that many people. It's like, you cannot keep up with it. It scrolls so quickly, but apparently there were all kinds of opinions flying throughout the webinar. People loved him and people were mad that he was doing a webinar stack and they thought he did free stuff. You name it. Right. And most of this, here's the kicker because I wasn't following the chat. Most of this I learned from all of the noisy marketers who now had to give their opinions about the entire event. Nothing like a little free advertising, right? Like, I mean, some people are doing it from a comical standpoint. Other people are saying, you know, he's ruining this for people who who do sell courses because they don't have his business model. They can't afford to do that. It's, you know, there's there's all this. There's plenty of opinions, sarcasms, sarcasms. <laughs> Jeez, you guys, I, this has got to be a, a record with the tripping over of the words today. Oh, I shouldn't lean on my desk. My mic's wobbling. Um, but... <laughs> It just the mocking of other people. I guess some people were crying and some people were like, oh my God. But when you're in a space that is notorious for, you know, high ticket courses, coaching, masterminds, you know, big launches. And if if you understand that at all, and you're going into this thinking, I really want to to glean some knowledge from this man besides the book, how can I work with him? And then he hands it to you for free. Of course, that's going to strike a nerve with you, right? If you're someone who isn't firmly planted with what you want and how you're going to achieve it, and you're committed to staying focused, all of this noise could really do a number on you, right? So meaning if you're someone who isn't committed to staying focused, I should say, I don't know if that, if I, that sounded right when I said that, but it could really do a number on you. And, you know, let's say you're new to this space and you were one of the thousands of people who were incredibly excited about what Alex was giving away. Then you see somebody you respect and admire criticizing the event, the methodology, and what was done. Maybe they even take it a step further, like I said, and they say that Alex is ruining the market for people who do charge. And now you're more confused than you were before you knew anything. Here's my two cents on the whole thing. It was interesting to watch. It was interesting to watch how he launched it, what he was doing up to that, um, how he presented the webinar. And I thought it was a generous offer. I appreciate seeing an old model become new again, i.e. giving things away for free. Gary Vee has been saying this forever. Now, again, both of these men have business models that are service business models. They're not in the course, the education model, but it's just growing, guys. There's plenty of room for everybody. So, my two cents. It was interesting. I enjoyed it. I bought a book and I'm looking forward to getting it and focusing on my own lead generation. End of story. That's that's my whole two cents. You know, I hope that the people who invested their time and energy into the webinar and purchased the book will implement what they're learning. I hope they'll go through the training materials and implement it. There's no opt-in even required for that. You don't have to sign up. You don't have to do anything, you know, and I hope that the people who get this do something with it. And if they don't, then, you know, that's okay. Again, we all have our own path and journey in this lifetime. But the truth is the only way any of this works is if you do the work. And the piece of the work that feels like it's missing is all of this intangible internal work of, now I promised myself I'm going to get these three things done today and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to stay off of social or I'm only going to give myself this much time. I mean, to post and engage even, you guys, you know, whatever it is, or you know what, I'm committed to, to understanding and learning email marketing, which every single business should, you know how I feel about that. 
And it takes what it takes. It could take you two months to kill it. It could take you two years, but you're not going to give up, right? You know, the difference is you, the only way to tune this stuff out is to be incredibly disciplined about what you allow in. Okay. You know, that um, I'm trusting myself to stay focused on the goals I've created and how I'm growing both of my companies. I know what's required of me to get there and I am staying the course. It is truly that simple. Are there other things that want to grab me and interest me? Yeah, but I'm like, if it doesn't fall into one of these two areas, then it's it's not getting my time and attention. It kind of reminds me of, you know, have you ever seen something that you want? Okay, like a, a thing, a material object, maybe it's clothing, I don't know, um, technology, something. And it's like, oh my God, I would love that. Oh, that's so cute. And it's like, and you get busy and you go about your day and you know, you see it on sale three months later, you're like, oh my God, I totally forgot I wanted that. <laughs> that's my point, right? And especially the more grounded and anchored you get within yourself, the less those things will ever grab a hold of you. Um, and I will always be someone who consumes content that inspires me, educates me, and fuels me. The difference is now I know enough that I can keep it all in perspective. I don't veer off my path unless I feel like playing with something. And even then, I make sure it's also fueling me and not sending me down a rabbit hole that's going to take a while to climb out of. Because it's, trust me, you guys, like, (laughs) oh my gosh, one thing that I am like, no, you may not touch this till next year. Like TikTok shops, you guys, I remember I had a scrapbook store. I love stickers and sweatshirt, all those cute things. I'm like, oh my God, I could totally do this. I'm like, no, you may not. You may not. <laughs> so I just play and think about it, but I won't let myself go there. Um, you know, the thing about intuition and trust in yourself as it relates to your business is that they're just like muscles that get stronger over time with consistency. Every time you say don't no to something that doesn't align with your focus, you're building that muscle. Every time you practice your craft so you can deliver a better end product for your customer, you're building that muscle. And what I want to say here with the practicing of the craft is this doesn't necessarily mean just doing the same thing over and over and over again. It's, you know, let's say you decide I'm committed to writing content. Let's ignore SEO, AI, all that stuff. But you want to write, you feel a a pull and a drive to write, which I still believe that learning to write well online will play over everywhere else, video, audio, AI, like really understanding this. But if that's part of it, then challenge yourself, right? So these podcast episodes, when I write these show notes out, these posts are usually 2200 plus words. I think this one is like shy of 24, four words shy. And I was like, "Hmm, maybe I can have four more words. I'm not going to. But it's like, okay, how do I, how do I go deeper with this? Can I pull in a little bit more research? Can, can I go deeper and throw in a framework? You know, so challenge yourself. I did this when I tested writing a post with AI and it was, I can't remember the title, but it was about the eight unexpected things about AI that people aren't talking about. And it really is about who you become and how you can become a better creator because you can learn as you, as you learn to iterate and and edit prompts and tweak responses when you're working with ChatGPT or Claude or Bard or whatever you're going to become a better creator just for doing those points. Anyways, I decided I'm going to test this. I'm going to write a long form post. It was like 4,500 words. It took me a couple days to do this. And I went in and I made images and I customized frameworks. And that's what I'm talking about when I talk about getting better at practicing your craft. Every time you get up and walk away from the computer, 
because you can feel yourself getting distracted, you're building that muscle, that muscle of commitment to yourself and your ability to focus. Every time you stay off platforms that you don't enjoy, LinkedIn, I'm talking to you, uh, regardless of how many people are telling you they're working, you're building that muscle. Eventually, using your intuition and trusting yourself will become the default. That's where I am right now. I want those things that I have instilled in myself, these beliefs, these behaviors, I want that to be my default. I want to know that trusting myself, listening to my gut, and doing what I know is right for me, regardless of what anyone else says, is my default. And that, my friends, is priceless. As always, thank you for listening. Thank you for putting up with... um, God, I feel like I was spitting all over myself there. (laughs) Oh, goodness. I I hope you guys find... um, find these episodes amusing. I love you tons. Truly appreciate you being here with me and listening. And I'm getting all these videos up on YouTube soon. So I'm just, I'm pumped. You guys, I'm really excited. There is something so magical that happens when you tap into that inner knowing and that inner belief. You just, you become unstoppable. I am rooting for you. So I will catch you next week. If you've not left a review on Apple Podcasts, it would mean the world to me. And do me a favor, send me a screenshot and send it in. If you do, I would love to hear from you. Have a wonderful morning, afternoon, or evening, and I will catch you next time.